Hi, I'm uh, Tim Flattery. I've worked on uh, Batman Returns and Batman Forever as a as a concept artist. Uh, did the Batmobile on Batman Forever. And you're listening to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. Because you should. It's important. All right, everyone, welcome once again to another special episode, another special interview from Superhero Stuff You Should Know. This is once again the man who knows too much about Batman. This is Ben Juan, and with me, as usual... It's Andrew, everybody, and I can't wait to talk about Turbo Man for three hours. (laughs) We could do that, too. Maybe another episode. (laughs) So, uh, for those who have been following us for a while, you know that we've done a lot of episodes on the concept art for a lot of the 90s Batman movies, and we were very fortunate enough to have somebody involved with the concept art who uh, found our episode on the Batman Returns stuff, uh, commented on it, wanted to uh, share more about it and i was just like well who am i to turn that down of course we love these <laughs> stories this guy knows way more about what happened behind the scenes than i do so we're bringing him on he was involved in both batman returns and batman forever involved in many of the designs for the penguin army and returns or the batmobile in batman forever please welcome tim flattery welcome to the podcast thanks for having me guys yeah like i said in my message to you i i um you were speaking my language in your commentary, and I had to reach out to you. It was it was so good. I, I had to reach out to you. I wanted to um, be part of it because there's so much more that I could add that you were talking about in regards to some of the concept art and background to it um, mm-hmm. and um, where, like, some of these concepts came from. Uh, so I just I, I couldn't wait to speak with you. Awesome. awesome. I'm sure in some ways could Thank be infuriating. Where it's just like, I know the reason behind that. So <laughs> right, exactly. it's time for you to, to uh, have the stage on that. So uh, this, a lot of this, for those who haven't seen that episode, check out that episode and come back. But we're going to see a lot of that type of stuff in this one. So uh, I'm just going to sort of browse through this. And you can let us know, Tim, when we get to something that uh, you know, you're involved in. This is obviously some of the early Tim Burton uh, right. sketches and stuff. Uh, right. Just, Storyboards of uh, the great opening of the penguin carriage going down into the sewers. Just a, uh, a disclaimer for the aural listener: this is a highly visual episode this time around. So, yeah, for sure. Like um, what you're seeing here is um, some gouache paintings that Tom Lay had done. Um, that first painting, and he mm-hmm. was amazing. This one here is mine. That's. Um, so you'll see a lot of artwork from myself, Tom Lay, mm-hmm. Marty Klein, Jacques Ray, um, some Tom Valentine stuff. This is a Tom Lay painting as well. And he was a he was an interesting guy. He was um, not your typical concept artist. He was sort of an older curmudgeon Southern <laughs> gentleman uh-huh. um, that rode his bike into Warner Brothers every day. And um, that's awesome. Um, he 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 was and it was funny uh he was very you know you'd walk you'd walk over to him and watch him while he was painting he was very protective about his technique and painting and keeping it from you he didn't want the young guns <laughs> learning what he knew <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of funny but he had a he had a great way of a simple um technique that was um was incredibly um direct and youthful in his lighting and um neat guy uh he's Mm. he's been he's been passed for quite a while nice 
is awesome. And it's, it's great to look at as well, especially as fans of this movie. Yeah. He was capable of doing everything from uh, interiors to exteriors. This is, this is Marty Klein. So Marty Klein did a lot of charcoal work mm-hmm. and um, laid out a lot of um, some of the, some of the backings and still shots, like some of the stuff you guys were talking on that original episode in regards to Mike wash paintings. Mm-hmm. Uh, some were layouts for matte paintings and some were backings for the stage of um, downtown Gotham, which we shot on stage 16 at Warner Brothers. So Marty would lay out a lot of these shots. He would have, he, um, smart dude that has been involved in uh, a lot of effects back in the day and, and also art department stuff. And so he, he would lay out a lot of shots, uh, taught me how to project things like oh. that before there was 3D. Nice. Yeah, we're uh, we're going to be looking at a lot of uh, Gotham here. I believe uh, that is your name here. Yeah, so this is an example of. Um, so I would do these gouache paintings, um, to to then give to the scenic. Uh, so again, this was this was on stage sixteen. So even though it's the biggest stage on on Warner Brothers, we built downtown Gotham on stage 16. And then uh, mm-hmm. Tim Burton wanted to see the actor's breath for real. So in the middle of summer, we get these huge air conditioners and, and air conditioned the whole set so you could see their breath. So you'd walk from 95 degrees outside into, <laughs> you know, 30 degrees in the stage. People were getting cold left and right. But this right. is this is a backing that would finish out a street, you know, from one side um, of Gotham City. And so you see in gray that that's a silhouette of a truck that we would park in front of it. Oh, um, okay. And, oh. and so the scenics would paint these full, so they would take my paintings, scale them up, and then repaint them full size on set. Um, oh, wow. Amazing painter. So that's, that's what this was, is this and a few others that you were showing were, were paintings that finished the, the set so that it looked like um, it went deeper than it actually than it actually did. So that um, it went beyond the four walls of the stage. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So this, yeah, as, as you said, this is the we're sort of looking at a uh, a layout of Gotham City, but part of it is uh, basically covered up by a gray shaped truck, which has now been explained by Tim here. Uh, that is a truck that was parked in front of it for the set. So uh, that's. That's an awesome behind-the-scenes tidbit I did not know about. Yeah, it's 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 old-school optical illusion of set extension, where now they would do that synthetically. But um, mm-hmm. when we were doing Batman Returns, we would literally paint them by hand and do set extensions by um, optical illusion. Wow, that's awesome! Awesome. Yeah, uh, we have some same more thing here. here. Mm-hmm. Yep, same exact thing here. So this was I remember listening to your commentary on this and. It was really interesting. This is literally just a set extension uh, painting for the other side of um, Gotham on on another or the forty five degree uh, side of it, mm. and um, it was basically just continuing a girder bridge bridge structure uh, to to then just kind of go into um, basically nothingness that you see there. Uh, so again, a set extension painting. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's cool. And same same thing with this one as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Beautiful. I love so this depend- uh, Gotham in Christmas time type of feel to everything. Yeah. Again, Tom Lay, um, 
and you see the simplicity in in how he paints, but it gets all the information in there. So um, obviously there's a lot that goes on in the rooftops of Gotham in this movie. And so, um, you know, he, he laid out a lot of this stuff. And again, I should say all this under the direction of not just Tim Burton, but the production designer, Paul Welsh, who was, mm -hmm. um, man, just incredible, learned a ton from him. Yeah. Yeah, as well as the uh, unenviable task of following up on uh, Anton first and sort of creating a Gotham that is sort of in the same DNA, but also very much its own feel for this movie. Because it's like it's it's it feels like it could be part of the same city, but it's also very much its own identity at the same it's time. Its own, yeah, I mean, so Ben, that's such a cool point, because I remember when I first hired on to the movie and that was kind of like the same. I, I asked Bo that question. I'm like, so you know, are, are, are you taking from what Anton had done? Like, what's the, what's the plan in this movie? And Bo Welsh is Bo Welsh, right? I mean, mm -hmm. Edward Scissorhands and, you know, all the, all the movies that he had done, he's got a very unique look and design style. And the guy is like so talented and he, you know, just immediately like, no, this is, this is our, this is the next step in Gotham. This is our vision of it. Um, you know, what Anton did was great. Um, we're taking it to a new place, and it yeah. and it's a very different look, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's still been, dark and uh, ominous, but it, there's a yeah. playfulness to it, and a um, sort of a in in some areas the a silliness to it. You know, Tim was very adamant that when he made this movie with the studio, that you know he had proven he had proven what he can do, and and he's he, he wanted to interject his his vision to a deeper degree. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted more. He wanted something a little bit lighter than '89. You'd say? No, not. I don't. I wouldn't say lighter. It's. It's more. Um, what's the best way to put it? It just. You know, this movie had more of Tim in it in regards to what he brought to the visuals and what he brought to the characters and what he brought to the screen, as opposed to. Um, you know, the studio dictating a little bit more on the first one because he wasn't proven the way he was by the time we got mm -hmm. to this one. Okay. Yeah. I've always said on this podcast that Tim Burton's style, everybody always talks about how dark he is, but he's macabre, but never without whimsy. Right. Was, right? It's He just has that nice combination of those two things. He always is dark, but there's always some humor in it usually yeah he's got it he's got a sense of humor we can we'll get into that when we talk about the penguins a little bit um, oh yes and it's always it's always um like well thought out and serves story in a way i mean and i'll talk about that a little bit when we get to the penguins too because man did that guy teach me a lot about about um designing for story as opposed to mm. being being a designer mm -hmm. uh, i a see big difference Right. Wow. Mm. Looking and something to that. that I was naive about coming into this movie and left it, you know, all the better because of Tim and Bo. That's so cool. this is uh, from what you're describing. This is pretty early on in your career when you get onto this movie. This was my um, I had done Back to the Future 2, Total Recall, My Stepmother's an Alien. And <laughs> so this is awesome. my fourth. This is my fourth movie. And I was. I was, you know, your fourth movie, you're green, right? It's done over a mm hundred -hmm. now. Um, but yeah, so this was early. This was really early for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
Uh, yeah, and then for those who don't know as well, uh, Tim has gone not just doing the Batman Returns of Batman Forever, but uh, you've been on a number of the Marvel Cinematic Universe projects. Mm. Yeah, I lost count. Um, I just, uh, well, I did Love and Thunder that just came out, and I also worked on Wakanda Forever, Black Panther 2, which comes out in November. Ooh, that's awesome, and, man. And then, like, uh, you know, the Infinity War and Endgame and... Uh, uh winter soldier captain america winter soldier and oh, ant-man man. yeah a bunch i i love the marvel universe um i love this stuff if, if it's science fiction or comic books you can you can count me in those are, those are my loves awesome i also wanted to say bumblebee fucking ruled bro so thank <laughs> you for that right on. yeah <laughs> the best transformers movie ever so there that is mm. i'm gonna agree <laughs> i'm gonna agree andrew yeah for sure yeah, um, worked oh, on that one and uh, another so one. Good. And, yeah, Bumblebee's got a little more, got a little more soul to it. Yeah, um, heart and soul, man. That's what we needed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. So we've got a little bit more of Gotham before we start going into some of the character stuff. I think based off of how I organized this uh, the last okay. time that that we did this, uh, it's just again just really cool seeing Gotham that feels very much like a continuation of the 89 movie but also very different on on its own sense and uh you know last week we had Michael Uslan executive producer on it and of he's, course. you know he was just mm-hmm. like you know that it's whether it's this Gotham or first Gotham or Schumacher's Gotham or all the different Gothams they're all you can all sort of envision them as different neighborhoods in a very wide city and i i like that explanation that's a that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it's great to see all of Tom's paintings here. Um, yeah. I remember, you know, God, I remember all these like they were yesterday, and I remember him painting them, and I remember all those little comments as he's as he's doing it. We were all in the same room together. Do you guys remember that story where Sean Young, you know, showed up on the at the at the studio as mm. Catwoman to try and yeah. get that? I don't know if he and she walked right by our office. Oh, so you were there. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> we, we, I was there. I was there. And Tim was like hi- hiding in the bathroom of his office. <laughs> so we heard, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was, it, yeah. And, you know, she went by and she had these knee-high vinyl we were, we were all just like, you know, it was me, Matt, Marty, me, Tom, Marty, and Jacques Ray in, in one office. And we were like, what is going on? Because his office is just down the, down the way from ours. Mm-hmm. And she was pounding on there trying to get in saying, you know, I, I almost died on the first one. I died to get on this one. Anyway, it didn't, obviously it didn't work out, but Jeez, yeah. what was funny was she, she had seen our, the publicist on the movie, Michael Singer was kind of walking away down the courtyard below. And from the back, he kind of looks like Tim Burton. He's kind of had a big head of hair. Oh. Have you heard about this? No, I haven't heard about this one, but I can see where this is going. She, <laughs> because she had like a, I'll call him, I don't know, what do you want to call it? A bodyguard or somebody with them and they each had a walkie-talkie. And she, was a, she said, that's him, that's him. And the guy ran down there to get him and he grabbed Michael and, you know, they realized it wasn't him. And so he went to the print shop and the next day he showed up in a t-shirt that said, I'm not Tim Burton. It was hilarious. <laughs> he, made, I made, he made a shirt he just made for a that. T-shirt. I'm not Tim Burton, yeah. <laughs> Never yeah. without humor. No, oh, it was, that's oh, great. Man, that was quite a day. Anyways, funny. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I, I hadn't heard right. that part of the story. We only really have heard uh, 
just Tim Burton hiding out in the uh, in the yeah. bathroom of the office. <laughs> so yeah, he was hilarious. He, he was. Um, um, they they had gotten wind she got on the lot, and then they mm-hmm. gotten wind that she was coming, and you know <laughs> he didn't. I, and I don't. I who could blame him? He didn't want to be confronted by her, and um, mm-hmm. you know the part had already gone to Michelle Pfeiffer, and it's long gone. And what, right. what were they going to do? So yeah. <laughs> It was entertaining to be on the lot that day. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I do feel bad for what had happened to her on the first movie, but also like Michelle okay. Pfeiffer is irreplaceable on this picture. Yeah, you're casting. I mean, listen, casting is casting, and he, um, it, it's Catwoman, and it's a it's a specific character in his head, and you mm-hmm. know, you're not. I'm not. Who's going to argue it's casting? Yeah. So, uh, so this other concept art we have here. Uh, right. is something we've talked about before, which is the Batman sled that I think is in the movie at one point, but I don't think we see the Batman logo on it because I think they took away the Batman store. Right, right. It may have been in a McDonald's commercial. Um, they used the same store for a McDonald's commercial, but this is one of Jacques mm. Ray's one of Jacques Ray's pieces. And um, he was, uh, man, just talented guy. And he did, he had a lot to do with, just the Oswald Cobblepot um, feel and look. Mm-hmm. And um, Tim just loved his Jacques stuff. I mean, Jacques and Tim just like were firing on all cylinders together. Nice. So, you know, he would end up doing the giant rubber ducky and all the posters <laughs> for Oswald. And like, all, you know, he got Tim. Um, so anyway, this was, yeah, this was just one of many things that he designed on the film. Yeah, this is great. Uh, let's see. And then we got some of the Red Triangle Circus here. Yeah, I, I don't remember this art. I think this must have come from um, Mary Ford, the, the This must have come from the costume design department. Ah, okay. That's what it looks like, yeah. That makes sense. Um, we got some stuff that I got from the book of uh, Batman Definitive History of the Dark Knight and comics, film, TV, yeah. and beyond. So uh, a lot of great stuff in there as well. Really uh, great stuff. This is a great Mark. shot with the bat signal in the Wayne Manor. Yep, Marty Klein again. Um, just a genius, genius guy at, at charcoal and, mm-hmm. and camera lay- angles and layout and, um, and another integral part in regards to the architecture of the film. Yeah, no, it's it's a great feel to it. It's almost like a mix of, uh, of Tim as well as um, a little bit oh, of yeah. Edward Gorey to me as well. Yeah, Marty, Marty nailed it so bad. I remember one time um, that that first original painting you were of mine that you're showing of penguin of the penguin addressing his penguins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Tim Burton um, this was early on in the film, and T- Tim Burton was came into my office and he was looking at that painting, and I said, "Is this you know is this what you're thinking? Do you want to whatever?" And he he's just a uniquely strange individual, you know. And he'd look at it and he would go. Yeah, what's that? What's that? What's that guy's name out there? Marty? Yeah, Marty. And then he just walk away and go and go talk to Marty. Stuff. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was, Marty was hitting the mark way before I was. That's for sure. <laughs> Is it like he'll want like I want five different Gotham's from five different artists, and I'll just kind of pick what I want? Is how Tim Burton wants? He's trying to wrap his head around the look via the artist at hand. Mm. You never know. Um, 
it was mostly most of most of the direction came from Bo Welsh and his meetings with Tim. Okay. Tim was also, okay. but Tim was also hands on where he'd walk through. Like the the story about the penguins is one of those stories. So when he was connecting with you, he he would direct you, um, mm. but he, but then like when you were looking for specific direction, it, it, you may not get it because he wasn't connecting with you at the time and it would come through Bo, you know okay. obviously Bo's the production designer and so overall look so most most of most of it would come through Bo and what you would rely on um, through him but um you know tim was you'd see him a lot and he'd be hands-on but whether or not he was interacting with you on on the on the level of like no put this over here and make this this and this mm -hmm. um didn't happen as as often as you'd like. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, now, I know this uh, has Marty Klein's name on it, but I was wondering if you could chime in on a bit of a debate that we had with some of our fans <laughs> on this bad... <laughs> Andrew knows where I'm going with this. Here we go. So, <laughs> um, in the script, and I believe in this concept art, it, it's supposed... It seems as if there are actually meant to be mirrors. Uh, these are supposed to be, I guess, circular mirrors around Bruce's house that will reflect the bat signal into the room however from the movie and for many years i guess fans have been like well he's just got like bat signals on his rooftop doesn't that sort of ruin the thing but i'm like well wait a minute if it's supposed to be mirrors then that wouldn't give it away but uh is that sort of what the thinking was on this uh or what it's supposed to be in the movie the, you know what ben this one i i can't remember we i we'd no have worries. to ask marty he'd be able to tell you i i don't remember i barely remember this drawing and i remember all the drawings um no worries so i don't mm. i don't yeah i wish i had the answer marty it does know. lead into a great iconic shot though of keaton standing yeah. up right standing up the and, signal, yeah. though so yeah. I, I probably wouldn't trade that for something that's quote-unquote more realistic no. right right oh look so. at that I, I i don't remember that either yeah, this is a this is another one that kind of shows like, oh, it's a mirror. It doesn't actually have the bat signal part on it. Right, right. Uh, let's see. This one looks like it's probably that's, that's a Jacques Ray. Um, this was actually he did uh -huh. this art for the crew T-shirts. Oh, cool. Oh, that's awesome. And so that's we awesome. we all everyone got a T-shirt um, with this, and this was you know like kind of approved through Tim and all that. But this was the crew T-shirt, and Jacques Ray did the did the art in Tim Burton style, as you can see, just like, mm -hmm. you know, um, rough pen and ink. Yeah. Do you still have your crew it. shirt? No, mine's disintegrated. Oh, I, man. I wore it, man. I wore the hell out of it. And um, it's been long disintegrated years ago. Okay. Oh, yeah. Man. Uh, some guy at my... Some guy at my work showed up with a Super Mario Brothers movie crew jacket, and I was like, "Oh God, damn! <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this guy is an OG." <laughs> yeah, some of them you really cherish, and they, yeah, like back in the day, like sometimes you get crew jackets that were like the satin, the old satin. They yeah. were horrible, and you just never have it. Then they started getting better and better, and okay. um, you know, and, and then they then they they got um a little more sophisticated and not like making a big bold, you know, logo on the jacket so oh, that right. you could actually wear them in public and not, you know, look like an idiot, but um, <laughs> you mean but, really and, cool or, or really cool, depending yeah. on whatever the movie was. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Let's see. Um, 
not really sure what this is. Another me either version of Batman. And then there was this white Batman that Andrew got really excited about because of the whole, you know, the camo of the snow, which is awesome. But I don't know if this is like for the movie or for merchandise. You know, that's merchandise. I don't. That that wasn't production art for the movie that I remember. That I remember. And his his uh, chest logo is completely different. Yeah, yeah, mm, that's I, true. I saw yeah. that too. Yeah, that's, that's very. True, yeah. It's more Mazzucchelli, like Frank Miller esque, and not the, yeah, the oval. That's, that's not the Bob Ringwood um, chest plate from Return. Yeah. Uh, let's see more of the Jock uh, Ray. Yeah, Jock Ray doing the the stuff that comes out of the Batmobile in order to take yeah. down the guys on stilts. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He and I shared wipers. a bunch of yeah the windshield wiper exactly. <laughs> Well, uh, he and I shared a bunch of kind of responsibilities on vehicle stuff in the film. And like I did the one where the fenders blow off, right? The missile, the bat missile that goes oh, between yeah. tight alley. And he did a lot of this, this, this other stuff here. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, let's see. We got some more storyboard stuff. We got the design of the Arctic world. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we, we really, we we really liked showing some of these to Daniel Waters when we had this because he had originally written the whole idea of the, the Arctic world being a, a full-on amusement park with like a roller coaster that there was supposed yeah. to be a fight on early on and obviously that got cut but it was cool sort of showing this to him just to see something tangible the show that an idea that, that got brought to life that didn't necessarily get brought to life in the movie itself yeah yeah for sure um and that's what Marty and Tom's work was was uh, um, reflecting. Mm-hmm. This is fun to see. I don't. I don't. Um, I did the all turn to the umbrellas. Yeah, and I. Um, I don't know where those sketches are. I have you know some of my artwork, but I, I forgot all about these. No worries. I mean, some of these, some of these we could only find in this book. In the book, right? Yeah. yeah. What a great book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fantastic. And then, of course, we've got this uh, Tim Burton, one of the Jimmy the Hideous Penguin Boy that uh, sort of helped <laughs> form the the penguin concept for this movie. Yeah. Uh, and then let's see. Sometimes I'm just like, what is next? Because it's been a while since I've done this episode. Uh, OK, yeah, more uh, more Burton of uh, the penguin stuff. So, yeah, there's Crash. He he did some stuff from Stan Winston's. Yep. Uh, I remember those Tim Burton drawings, actually, as well. Yeah, some more of the Stan more Winston crash. stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um, some stuff that uh, you can sort of see the evolution of DeVito's face turning into Penguin in these. Yep. Oh, yeah. You some ever see Tim Burton draw live? You ever saw him draw right in front of you? Um, briefly, when we were doing some Penguin stuff. Um, okay. But a, a, a really cool story is Bob Kane came through the studio one day, and obviously he wanted to go to the art department Mm -hmm. and i've only asked for two autographs in my life and he was (laughs) one of bob kane was one of them when he came through um jack ray and i were sharing an office and he came through and wanted to see everything we were doing i happened to be doing a huge gouache painting of of gotham at the time and um god you know it was like Bob Kane was walking in and I just, you know, I shit my pants. Bob <laughs> Kane. And, um, so I got up the nerve after he was just so, you know, um, interested and spoke our language, obviously. And, and mm-hmm. 
I, I couldn't help it. I just said, look, if, if you've got a second, I, you know, could I have your autograph? And he, he said, well, let me sit down. <laughs> and he sat down at my drawing table and asked for a piece of paper. And he drew Batman and Robin, the Bob Kane, Batman and Robin. Oh. Uh, and signed it back and signed it over to me um so i actually got to watch bob kane draw which was that's awesome equally as cool as watching tim burton do a drawing yeah that is great too where he's just you ask for an autograph and he gives you something more he draws mm. he, like mm. he drew he drew it and he and he was even like he was talking he goes like i've done this so much i can draw them without looking at them and he looked at me the whole time and he continued, <laughs> oh and he wow continued, he continued the drawing and it was it was like a perfect bob kane drawing that we're so used to seeing of the silhouette of robin and the the pro the the um profile of robin in the front front on of batman oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome super cool yeah uh, let's see some more penguin stuff. Some more. Okay, yeah. now we're getting a little bit closer to the origin of uh, Catwoman. Right. So we got this concept art of Catwoman, where it's very revealing and stuff. I imagine this is like super early on. Yeah, um, I think this came out of um, Bob Ringwood's shop. He had hired a couple of illustrators, um, but I don't remember. I only remember more of the of Tim's art, and then that being a driver. Like this, this was. Um, mm -hmm. I don't have clear memory of this, but it feels like it came out of his out of his shop at the beginning. Yeah, uh, this I imagine yeah. what you mean in terms of the Tim yes. drawings. This yeah. is full on. Yeah, I remember these um, clear as a bell. These were on the walls. Yeah. Of the art department. Yep. Oh. Yeah, this is Mary Voigt. Yeah, she. Ah. She did some great, um, some great sketches that led to that that final look. It's iconic. It really is. Totally. Let's see some more of the uh, the tattered version towards the end. Uh, yep. And let's see. Yeah, I can see I can see her name on the bottom too. Yeah, not not comfortable to wear. That's for sure. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, ah yes, this is our. Okay, so here's the the big rubber ducky. Yeah, that's Jock. From, uh, Jock. Yeah. Yeah, Tim would get so excited <laughs> when he'd come in and and start talking concept concepts with Jock and um, and they man they just had like they had a riot doing these things you know the Penguins world and and this stuff together and, and Jock was um, quite a genius in in his industrial design mindset and he had the same kind of whimsy um, that that Tim had you know mm -hmm. just not quite as dark. Mm. gotcha yeah no this is this is a great look in terms of how that was designed of how it like raises up so yeah. you can go up in that sewer great technician too you know yeah scissorless See yeah i remember i mean you know he's we were sitting next to each other through all these drawings i remember like watching these drawings come to life um as well as him watching mine mm -hmm. oh that's awesome uh some shots of the bat cave it looks like yeah uh different designs of the bat cave obviously the very yeah. high like a ton of screens a ton of monitors yeah. for uh, yeah. the bat computer that got uh, pared down in the movie uh, it, it, and it's fun to see how like it, you know even this really super rough, rough stuff leads mm -hmm. to you know reality right and for concepts yeah. like you know we We'd, we'd work really rough and then take things to finish if they, you know, if, 
if they feel like a, a good direction. I think that's also why we have so many episodes about this that a lot of our fans seem to love because they like seeing the uh, the either the evolution or the yeah. what if uh, in terms of something that like didn't quite make it, but it's an alternative where you're like, oh man, what if that was what it looked yeah. like? Yeah, 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 yeah. See Me more too. Wayne Manor. Oh yeah, more Marty Klein. These these interiors of Wayne Manor, I just used to blow my mind. Like when Marty would <laughs> knock these out, like He's you know, great. just just in you know pencil and charcoal, and you just do these epic drawings of this you know opulent interior. For sure. Uh, this is from I, I know this is Ray. Uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Um, in terms of a concept, oh. it's in one of the early drafts where some of the red triangle circus gangs are dressed up as batman and they're called the bat creeps and i think that's the early version of, of oh. uh, when he uses the remote control battering uh well so... you guys are teaching me i had no idea that's cool <laughs> i'm not really <laughs> sure what this was for though that's the thing i'm still trying to figure this one out uh but <laughs> it is i guess it's for merchandise but it, it's interesting that a scene from one of the earlier drafts uh sort of made it into the art for the merchandise uh and so here's something you can speak to so we are looking at the battering that seems at first like, oh, it's the remote control battering, but it also looks like there's holes in it and potentially turns into some sort of brass knuckle type of thing. So exactly. go ahead and let us know what this is supposed to be. Yeah, so we, we made this. Um, oh. And I, because uh, um, I did I end up doing a bunch of props on this as well. This is like a really bad Xerox of the, I can definitely render better than that. Um, <laughs> Our apologies. Uh, no, no, no. This is, I, you know, sometimes, but th this was um, meant to be just that, that out of his utility belt, he could, he could pull this thing out and use it as, um, as a set of brass knuckles or, you know, hit a button and, and then use it as a, as a battering too. Sweet. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, you guys covered it, I think, in the last episode. You you pretty much nailed it. That's okay. what okay. that's what it is. I mean, since you've got the you know the fingers going through the holes, I'm like, well, it's yeah. gotta be that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh but yeah, that's it's cool to get the confirmation on that. Yeah. Uh another version. And that's it. We see yeah. Here. yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh let's see. Oh yeah, we've got these. Um the catwoman sort of leaping through the rooftops, which sort of got faithfully rendered in the Batman 89 comic series. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, picked up a few of those issues, Tim, but uh, they've been... Uh, Joe Quinones is a huge fan of both of these movies and uh, pays tribute to these uh, these in particular, this one of Catwoman leaping from rooftop to rooftop, as well as this other one at the top right, uh, yeah. sort of jumping off. So that's really cool. Well, there's a this this is Michael Jackson who was a story one of the Marty Klein did storyboards as well. But Michael Jackson did um, a, a lot of the boards on the movie and um, kind of a soft spoken dynamo. But man, his his shot shot selection and angles were just like you know iconic. Like you see mm -hmm. here, um, every frame he composed was the guy just you know oozes cinematic excitement oh, yeah. drama i mean this looked like i mean i could see why joe quinones got inspiration to put this in a comic because it looks like it would be a great comic book panel exactly right i mean his yeah you know michael's um his story what well, he was a comic geek is like all of us were and mm -hmm. um his storyboards cinematically you know spoke to a comic's language yeah and you can definitely see that it definitely comes through yeah I don't uh, recognize that. 
this might be more merchandise type of stuff. This heritage yeah. auctions ones, I'm just like, mm, these might just be merchandise. This one I think yeah. is supposed to be associated with the uh, maybe concept art for the video game, I believe. So oh, got it. Yeah, it's definitely not from the film. Yeah, we didn't uh, do that. Let's see some more of the storyboards. We got the oh yeah, the Batmobile being taken over by the Penguin type of stuff, oh, yeah. featuring some stuff that we didn't get to see. Yeah, I don't remember these either. But they're really, it's pretty cool sometimes to see, you know, some of the stuff is like, oh, yeah, we got to see that. But the other stuff were like the, it looks like the gun is shooting or aimed at the driver in this case. Uh, so right. that's pretty cool. Uh, didn't make it in. And then I think there's another, I don't know if there's one here, but in the comic book adaptation, there's a part where the the bottom of the Batmobile that he used to spin around and set the yeah. flamethrower guy on fire ends up spinning like 360 degrees over and over and over again, which, yeah. you know, just to annoy him, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, I don't remember these boards. Oh, there's, there's, that's, here we go. That's mine. Yeah. The, yeah. That was the, bat the alley, missile. the bat missile, the alley missile. I need that's to make awesome. a toy for this. They made a toy for this, right? I they think did. there is this Hot Wheel, right? There's a toy I, out there of it. It's, I think I had the toy for this. Ah. I want the toy for this. I, I got all my <laughs> other, uh, I got every, um, you know, I think, you know, of the Batmobile that I did for Batman Forever from, mm -hmm. you know, Ravel models to Matchbox to the 16 scale, you know, whatever. This one, I don't have anything for. I, I got to hunt one down. Okay. Guys, send yeah. your, donat your donated toys of this to Tim. Let us know how he can get this. So that, yeah, uh, yeah he gets get this toy of, of his own Batmobile. This one, this one's missing out of my collection. All right, and so uh, before we dive into further Batman Returns concept art, we're going to take this quick break. Hi, it's me, Jeremy Parrish, co-host of the Retronauts podcast, the only video game history podcast that's been around so long. It's also a part of video game history. Every week, one of the motley rabble who hosts this show leads a deep dive into the past, whether it's to break down a classic franchise, learn more about a timeless game from its creator, or just wallow in nostalgia. Relive history with Retronauts, here on the HyperX Podcast Network. Do you like the TV show Friends? Then check out Watching Friends with me, Mark, and me, Ryan, every week as we go through every episode of this iconic TV show, giving you behind-the-scenes facts, our thoughts on every scene, and some personal stories. Do you know which actor can't remember how many seasons of the show there are? How about the one common household object that could never be seen on the show? We've got the answers and more as we explore Friends in depth every week. Watching Friends, only on the Hyperx Podcast Network. Find inflation the old-fashioned way, by spending less money. Check out the Hyperx store at Amazon.com to find great Prime Day deals on July 12th and 13th. Stock up on new gaming gear so you'll be equipped for the new launches and content drops. Mark your calendars and set your alarms. Deals like this won't stick around long. Class is back in session, and HyperX has the grade A gear you need for dorm life, remote classes, and for schooling folks online. Shop the HyperX back-to-school deals going on at HyperX.com to help make your return to student life a breeze. Comfortable cloud headsets can help keep you focused in as you cram for finals with some lo-fi beats and stay productive with lightweight pulse fire mics, responsive alloy keyboards, and more. Keep your GPA and your KDA high with HyperX products and accessories. Today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. 
It's back to school time. We want to make sure you pack the essentials to have the best gear yet. The Manscaped 4th Generation Performance Package is just that. Be ready for whatever it is in your daily schedule this year. It's the perfect package for your package and includes the brand new Lawn Mower 4.0. Fellas, go for the valedictorian of balance. And join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com with the code Johnson's Ballsack. Yes, that's a real code. <laughs> 100% real. Yes. So, this is apparently the part in the ad read where I tell you about hurting my balls while trimming below the waist. The thing is, I haven't because I've never hurt my balls <laughs> <laughs> through it while using Manscaped. Me, personally, that's not to say that you can't. I'm just saying that I have it myself. So, thanks to Manscaped, I don't have a story to share on. Yeah, uh, I one time shaved my sack without <laughs> without Manscaped, and it didn't end up well. Actually, my roo- my roommate had to clean up the mess because I was in college and forgot about it. But anyway, that's a side. That's a, <laughs> I was young I once. You with that. <laughs> I was young once. But yes, you want to keep in the bush. To keep it, to keep in your underoos, keep 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 your package in the underoos. All right, you gotta Indeed. have it looking looking good down there. You know what I'm saying? And seem big. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> School is back, and the performance package 4.0 from Manscaped is here to teach the boys a lesson on male hygiene. Inside, you'll find a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, <laughs> crop reviver toner plus two free gifts, performance boxer briefs, and the Shed Travel Bath. This package includes the brand new Lawnmower 4.0 and will give you the confidence to do anything you desire, including showing off your dick. <laughs> new year, new you, might screw around and attend Smooth Balls University this fall. Wait, is that a thing? This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic braid Sorry, Blade, to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. It also allows you to shave your pencil down and customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes 1 to 4. As you guys can probably tell, we did not write this. <laughs> we, love, I mean, these are the most fun ads, though, dude. Yeah. Um, all right, so the Lawnmower 4.0 has also has a 7,000 RPM motor and a new multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. So if you're needing to shave your balls in the dark, they got you in the bad cave, always on brand. Uh, Please use the LED spotlight. Hmm. And uh, did I mention it's waterproof as well? So if you want to shave in the dark, underwater. In Atlantis. In Atlantis, if your bat cave is also in Atlantis, <laughs> Double power. There, you, there you go. I mean, they got you yep. covered. What can I say? Indeed. That's what Aquaman 2 is about. So this package also comes... I'm going to say legally we, it's not that, but... <laughs> yes. <okay. laughs> that package... was commentary. <laughs> yes. Uh, this package also comes with a weed whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in both your nose and your ear. The weed whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. 
this nose and ear hair uh, this nose and ear hair trimmer provide proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent nick snags and tugs in those delicate holes after trimming your pubes and cleaning your holes show them some love with the manscaped liquid formulations the crop preserver ball deodorant and crop reviver ball toner are here to get you ready for class during the day and ready to party at night and again when you party at night you could at night be shaving your balls just fine because it has a light on it mm -hmm. and also i did have a friend <laughs> speaking of ball deodorant i had a friend one time that's going to remain nameless that did spray <laughs> cologne on his dick and it hurt it was a bad idea he said so you don't want to do that you need deodorant especially made for your balls Indeed. and that's where they're here for guys mm-hmm Manscaped also threw in two free gifts to the Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. One is a comfy front pack for your balls, and the other is a backpack for your goods. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Johnson's Ballsack. And I'm telling you, it's real. We've yep. had a lot of people talk about this, <laughs> asking, and it's 100% real. Uh, we wouldn't be doing these actual official ads if mm -hmm. it wasn't real. <laughs> so, yeah. 20% off plus free shipping with the code Johnson's Ballsack at manscaped.com. Take the last line, Ben. This year, graduate with a degree in clean balls from Manscaped. This previous one looks like storyboards that I didn't yeah. Batman and Kid silhouetted. So it's Batman and Robin. In the yeah, early I'm not. I, I'm not familiar, and I don't remember. Um, I don't remember anything being developed with with Robin, at least from from where I was at. Either that, or I forgot. I mean, there's there's also a possibility that they had already cut him by the time that yeah. you uh, had been involved, which I think would make sense too, because it's yeah. he's not in the in you know the final drafts anyway, so it it kind of makes sense that there wouldn't be a ton of type of stuff for yeah. uh, the character. You know, there's a lot of people who are just like, oh, like, what's the concept art of of Marlon Wayans' Robin suit? I'm like, I don't think there was one. Like, <laughs> it's, just, it's not one in the script. No. I don't think it, it ever got that far for this. No, no, you know? no, nobody developed anything for Robin that I yeah. know. Wishful thinking, I think, on the, yeah. uh, the fans' part. But oh, now well, we start I'm... getting into the some fun stuff. The well, penguin. Let army. me grab my penguin. I, I gotta... <laughs> he is I going. Gotta... Let's see if we can go without cutting this. He's going to get his penguin shot. <laughs> I've, got, I've got my. He's got a penguin with it in his hand. He has a pet penguin with a rocket launcher attached. To well, him. it's not. This one was in the movie. <laughs> he's got an actual penguin. <laughs> yeah, animal was, at his house. This was one of the. Um, this was one of the background penguins on the set. Oh, look at that, this. Um, Hold on. That we that we done that we had done. So the the. The paint job is really rough, but it's so far away from camera that it um, it didn't matter. But oh, this is awesome. all, um, you know, he's a is a urethane. It's all urethane, all soft. Um, so I've got this guy. He's, Amazing. He's, he's it's one of the it's one of the one things that sits out 100% of the time in my in my home. So I'll have him sitting <laughs> here while we talk about this stuff. Oh, perfect, perfect. That's awesome, yeah. man. So, so uh, um, take it away. <laughs> all right. So this is this was doing these rocket pack penguins. Believe it or not, like was like one one of the turning points of my career because of how much I had learned. Um, 
And there was just something in the script about, you know, the penguin, you know, communicates with his, with his henchmen and his penguins. Mm-hmm. And, and I was just thinking like, well, I don't, I mean, like, how does he, how does he just <laughs> communicate with them? Like, how does that happen? Do they read his mind? And so I started doing these little, just these little two minute sketches that you see, you see how rough they are. And the, the one sketch where you see um, on the bottom right where like his, his brain and skull are kind of exposed, I was thinking, well, you know, maybe there's like electrodes that are plugged in or they wear little helmets where there's electrodes plugged in and they, and that's how, you know, he communicates with them is through, mm-hmm. you know, there's some technology there. I, I like in my own way, I had to make sense of it. Oh, and, sure. <laughs> and it was one of the days that Tim Burton was, walking around with Bo and and they they walked by my desk and this caught his eye and he he looked at this because he hadn't wasn't like dialed in yet this was still early days and he looked at this sketch you know these these sketches and he and he looked over at Bo and he said yeah we you know we got to do this <laughs> and, and I was like dude this what does that mean I mean it, it's kind of in the script and he said and he looked at me and he said just I'm going to give you some reference um hold on a sec, I'll be right back. And that's when he brought this, this book of Joel Peter Wicken, and I can share my screen um, if you want sure. me to, to explain yeah. that to you. Um, because I didn't know, I didn't know who Joel Peter Wicken was. And when I was talking about designing within story, this was my, this was my introduction to, no, you, you can't think like, a, a straight designer you have to think in story and um this was getting inside of tim burton's head in a way that like you know i never expected um so sorry let me uh no problem okay here we go so for those of us who don't so, know uh who is uh, joel peter wicken so i'm gonna get to it so joel peter wicken um this is kind of, this is Tim going, have you ever heard of Joel Peter Wicken? <laughs> um, and I'm like, no. And so he brings this book over and he goes, this is, this is what I, this is what I want him to look like. And this, this guy um, basically photographs the macabre. Um, but, mm. but it, it had the circus freak element um, to it that Tim wanted, but I didn't get it at the time because he would, he, Joel Peter Wigan, he'd like get cadavers and cut them up and photograph them, or he would do like um, like this image here. Oh, oh this man. is this image is called the kiss, and he was going through the book with me, and he'd point to this and he'd go, you know, like this, and I and I'm like, what? <laughs> what does this have to do with penguins? <laughs> exactly, and and so this, this like for instance, this was a cadaver, and the the artist bandsawed the head from the back open and then opened it up and hence called the kiss. Um, but he'd get to images like this and he'd be like, you know, like this, I want it like this. And I, I was scared shitless. I didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> Man, it's insane. <laughs> because he, you know, he's truly just on a different plane. Mm-hmm. And so again, like, you know, for, and he, you know, he'd get to these and he goes, you know, like this. So I, I, at this point I was completely freaked out. Um, this is like full on, you know, now looking back, I totally get it. 
um, you know, when you look at this, I mean, he wanted he wanted S and M carnival dark humor all packed into one to serve the atmosphere of what the Penguins world was. Mm -hmm. And I was so naive at the time. I was taking the book for what it was, as opposed to thinking about it within story and within character. Um, uh, this one here, you know, like so the, uh, the general energy as people, the vibe of it, people say these days, that's what, that's, that's what he wants you to take from these images and yeah. throw that into penguins. Right. And, and I, I was like, how, how do I, I'm, he left the book with me, you know, he wanted me mm -hmm. to, to, to get into it. And, and I was, you know, scouring through this, trying to make heads or tails of it. And um, finally just speaking with Bo Welsh, you know, and Bo Welsh was the one, cause Tim, he would, he would give me this and just expect me to get it and <laughs> articulate it because it's, it's, it's second nature. You know, it's his language. It's his world. And Bo Welsh was the one that was able to bridge that gap for me mm. of like, no, this is about, this is about the character and the, you know, the, um, the feel. So, so he, and he was like, you know, this is, these are carnival freaks, circus freaks. You know, you've got to think about that. And that's why it led to, so I, I, I did a lot of research on like, well, what penguin is going to lend itself best to a circus freak, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, that's what led to these guys. Oh, that, yes. We love you these. Know, you've got the lottery ball, you know, <laughs> grenade launching penguin. You've got the, I know you guys showed a, a drawing of Crash, but the, this originated from mine. Um, but you mm -hmm. know the flamethrower or, or you know machine gun uh, penguin or you know <laughs> the, the the boxing glove guy or this is you know Texas Chainsaw Massacre you know leather. I like face, that guy. Uh, penguin, right? And so we would show these um, <laughs> to him, and he, he, you know, he wouldn't. He would get a chuckle and and appreciate them, but they weren't hitting the mark, you know. So he wouldn't really <laughs> respond. And um, I didn't speak Tim's language as well as like Jacques Ray did. Um, so I just, I, I, I kept trudging through with, you know, working with, with Bo until finally we added more kind of like, you know, sort of the S&M gear, which led to this sketch. And that's when, that's when it yeah. started happening. So the little helmet that you see on top of the, um, on top of the penguin, right? Like, okay, so this is a picture of the actual guy that's sitting next to me. So a little antenna. So some of that concept stuck with the, with the end concept. And so um, between Rick Heinrichs, who is a great production designer now and was Tim Burton's kind of right hand, you know, obviously Nightmare Before Christmas and all that. Between him um, putting his two cents into it, Chris Ross, who built the maquette of this whole thing, a uh, bunch of drawings from me and, and Bo Welsh, we ended, we ended up, with with this design and um it that was the journey from joel peter wicken and me just being completely panicked to then finally you know getting to it and, and catwoman had a big influence on it just in regards to circus freak slash a little bit of s&m slash um whimsy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and what was funny is we built these to go on real penguins as well. I don't know if you guys had heard those stories. Yeah, we heard um, that it's, it's a good it's a good mix of uh, real penguins with uh, puppets. Yeah. So the, so these these guys um, there there were there were penguin wranglers that basically were you know they'd come in and <laughs> try and put this gear on these penguins and they you know it turns out penguins aren't really fans of having SM gear put on them <laughs> and they're you know they eat fish so their bills are serrated so they would like you know when they bite you they they kind of poke in and grab flesh twist it and pull it off so these guys were getting beat up by these live penguins so they they anyway they figured it out and were able to work their way around it between gloves and holding their bills but um mm-hmm. yeah so this is this was stan winston's the emperor penguins that um, we did and these were all puppeteered and then like this is a shot of the actual live penguins going down the main street on stage Uh 16 which was hysterical watching them waddle together as a group with these rocket packs you know kind of going back and (laughs) forth it was absolutely hysterical um on the on the set this was uh, there's this guy reza who uh, i guess off my website he interpreted um, my designs into these stylized characters and it's some of the fun, my favorite things I've ever seen. Um, That's awesome. So those are, I know, I love his interpretation of the designs. It's like it could um, be in a Rocky and Bullwinkle or something, this this style yeah. of cartoon. Yeah, have you, have you guys seen these before? They're hysterical. I think I've um, seen, I've seen something like this and I, I just thought, you know, if they ever bring these penguins into Teen Titans Go, that's how they're going to look. Like it, it, yeah. it has a oh, yeah. great cartoonish look to it. Yeah, really, really good. Um, Be great I, toys too. These would that make too. great toys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've got a. They do have some little little rocket pack penguins. I've got one. You know, um, they're like this big, and they're they're cast as metal, and they're. Um, oh, I think I've seen those. Yeah. Yeah, I've got one sitting next to this guy. Um, <laughs> oh, this Ooh. was. I'll 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 stop sharing. This was um, an original sketch for you know the opening of the movie where um he's a baby and this is this was his play crib right you know Mm -hmm. Uh, and then some other props this is the original bomb that they set underneath his um the batmobile to Uh. to blow up the batmobile Mm. um so this is all exclusive i think because i don't think i've ever seen any of these yeah these are well um I I have these originals. These this is so I just photographed the original artwork from these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's that's probably why. That's probably why you don't miss the. Oh, that's a better render off, there, huh? Off yeah. The bettering, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Um, that gives yeah. it justice. So these are yeah. So like a lot of these, um, like I have some of the originals from these guy from these drawings. Um, just managed to. <laughs> hold on to them over the years and then oh this is that's the wrong movie all right we'll move on <laughs> stop sharing well, we'll, awesome. we'll go into that in a bit uh but yeah we'll be uh we're wrapping up returns right now we got uh some of jock's stuff for yeah the back boat the bat ski boat uh kind of Super cool, cool you know manta ray type of look to this that's cool yeah all pencil work. Oh, yeah, I love that interior he did. So cool. 
that that um the book the photographs of his renders for uh, in this book don't mm -hmm. do the renders justice oh yeah and you can see how different like so on the right side of that page were my marker sketches this was literally the first week i was on the film and uh -huh. Bo said hey he's got this bat ski boat that goes through the sewers just do some ideas and you can see how far off the mark i was <laughs> like i didn't have a feel for the film and i was doing like fantastic voids or something you know mm, okay. <laughs> but they were but they were um enough to start the process right and they mm. like they, you know tim and bowden look at me and go what's the matter with you Are you crazy they went oh that's that's cool look you know and they eased me into the look of the movie ah that's, that's cool that's awesome uh this is the one that was very mysterious to us because it had this whole thing about like robin sits here i'm like robin sits here uh but who I knows? don't know who's that is is there's i don't remember this drawing i'll have to i'll have to dig it up just to see if there's a credit to that one but uh i'll let you know after we uh take the break after going over the batman return stuff uh let's see a little bit more of the penguin lairs yeah um let's see and then this one of course uh with the mm. with the big roller coaster this is the one i showed to uh, daniel waters just to be like hey they almost did it with the roller coaster yeah yeah um all, all i can say to this was that and you could see how rough this was i mean basically this is this isn't even a painting it's just a sketch in gouache because um bo wanted to do some early exploration of you know the exterior of his this was before you you'd seen like marty's and tom's final renderings of what it ended up becoming mm -hmm. of um, a derelict carnival slash theme park mm -hmm. um and so this was kind of my first rough path sketch at um what that might be you know in the sphere on the on the right side is was what was going to be his lair Ah, um gotcha. and and so yeah that's so cool. that's why you know but even but like even really super rough sketches like this find their purchase eventually because it's all part of the process you know mm -hmm. definitely yeah that's um, that's great yeah see some more of the arctic oh world. yeah the final one, getting yeah. his his poor ducky destroyed by the bat ski yep. boat <laughs> yep. uh that's some more crazy. of this uh, Burton, Burton loved the ducky, huh? Yeah, he loved it. Um, he loved the he loved the the ridiculousness of it. Um, <laughs> you know, just as he did the 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 rocket pack penguins. I mean, they're ridiculous. That that painting of him um, in the Hall of Records, uh, looking through the window. That Tom Lay painting is my favorite painting of all time. Um, oh, I remember oh, cool. watching. I remember watching him paint that and I was like, man, can you put a mood to something, you know, and this is yeah. not the guy that you would picture getting the Gotham look. I mean, this is like a, a, a dude that was you know, five foot four with a really bad mustache, white hair with a <laughs> Southern drawl. And he, <laughs> and he just would nail it painting after painting after painting. It was, it was fun working with him. Let me paint you a Gotham right quick. That's, That's what great. he sounded like. <laughs> Here's your ambiance. Bo Welsh would imitate him all the time. He's like, well. <laughs> you know what state he was from? 
I think he was from Arkansas or something like that. Okay. He's always trying to get it. He's like, you know, I'd like to have a, some companionship sometime. And I, <laughs> you know, I'm not shy. I asked, I asked the girls out, but you know, I, I haven't had any luck yet. <laughs> oh man! Just show him your paintings. Amazing. Yeah, exactly. But he, <laughs> he'd be too afraid someone was going to catch on to his technique. Oh, oh, he's so cagey about it. Yeah, he was a character. Tom yeah, Blaine, man, he was sounds like it. Uh, then we have some more that we found out oh, later yeah. from an exhibit. Uh, let's see more Red Triangle Circus stuff. Yeah, uh, another oh, one. Oh, Marty's sketch of the Batcave. Yes, yeah, that was awesome. God, where did where did you find that? So where this was, was sent to us from a fan in the UK, where there used to be an exhibit. I can look th- I can look this up afterwards just to find the specific name of it. But oh, I see on the right, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you can you can kind of see Marty's name cut off a little bit uh, from this from this photo. But yeah, I just had a bunch of concept art that I was just like, I didn't see that before, that before, that before. Um, so uh, that's Paul Wears online sent that to us. So uh, some great stuff. Yeah, Honestly, and that that's like see. that's like full on Bull Welsh, where you know the ridiculousness of that back cave and those skinny little walkways of like, how the hell is he going to get across there? And on mm-hmm. and and um, yeah, and Marty would just yeah, this these interiors of the Batsky boat were just so cool. Yeah, Jack mm, uh, was just look at that. Another, oh my yeah. god. Jeez. Look at what exactly the uh, the big <laughs> part of the the Batmobile actually does. So that's so cool. Amazing. More wow. of the uh, the uh, sled actually in color this time. Yeah, so that's cool. So good to see these. More of the bat ski boat. Yeah. Uh, oh, mm. so. Oh my God! I can't. I I remember. I forgot all about this. You gotta tell me what this is because it's like he has a parachute. I I um yeah. So it was just literally. Um, <laughs> hey, we got to come up with extra braking system, and you know we let's let's do a you know, a, a parachute that comes out the back um, and put the bat, put the bat symbol on it. And oh. that's all I remember from this, but I, I totally forgot about this <laughs> sketch. I can't, that's crazy. Is oh, this in that, this, this exhibit as well? It, it looks like it. Yeah. These, this particular section is uh, a bunch of the photos that were sent to me by this fan. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's an exhibit wow. that's still up. I'll, I'll get the specific name to you so that you, um, might learn a little bit more about it, but I—it's—it's it's not one that I've had access to. Uh, wow. But yeah, this is what I saw your name on this. I'm like, wait a minute, I got to ask about this parachute thing. Totally forgot. Well, that's all I can tell you. I mean, I totally forgot about this completely, mm-hmm. and I don't remember—I don't remember the full concept of, of why it required doing a rendering of it. I, I wish I remembered. I can't remember. <laughs> they could have just oh, yeah, been brainstorming just... that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I had to break before hitting somebody. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, definitely wasn't in the movie. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Maybe they were thinking about it before he hits, uh, you know, he's able to take control back and hit the brake before hitting the old woman. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that part. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Another one. Another look at that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another look at uh, oh, the yeah. interior of Wayne Manor. More stuff here. Uh, this looks very yeah. much. Yeah. Like Marty's stuff, as you said. That's all Marty. Yeah, God, we draw a lot, didn't we? we put a lot of- <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. A lot of artwork. Paid off. Ooh. Oh, the Shrek. Yeah, this was fun doing um, a lot of the Shrek stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Felix the Cat had a, a 
was a big influence on this. And this is something that Tim was heavily invested in in regards to, um, you know, the aesthetic of how, you know, how this looked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. it was prominent in the movie, obviously. Totally. So. Yeah. And, you know, I forgot about said- that sketch too. I wish I had <laughs> that original. As he said, like <laughs> it's story and design, right? Because you, you need this cat in order for Selena to have the inspiration as well as her own cats to don right. the Catwoman suit almost like in a mocking way to her boss as she's planning yeah. her revenge on him. So it's yep. it, it all comes together. Uh, another look at the Gotham that we saw earlier. You can right. kind of see the reflection of a Jack Nicholson statue on this, yep. at this exhibit. That's cool. More Gotham stuff here. Uh, and then, oh yeah, another one from Marty on this. And some more rubber ducky. <laughs> yep. More umbrella stuff as well. There's just a Definitely. ton of this exhibit. I'm just like, why? Why am I not there? That's <laughs> what I thought. Yeah, these are photos. these are all my umbrella sketches. Like we did, I did a bazillion ideas for this just for one quick shot of him taking her across the skyline. Oh uh, yeah. Let's see some more Cobblepot Manor right over here on the left. God. So that's awesome. Uh, let's see. Ah, the cemetery scene as yeah. well. That type of look. Uh, Cobblepot so for mayor. This- this is the kind of stuff that Jacques would do along with everything else that like Tim would just, they were just, you know, just firing on all cylinders off of each other and having, I mean, he had so like, they had so much fun just doing the whole mayoral campaign part of the movie. Uh, Cause it was so absurd. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. and, and Jacques feel to this, sort of marxist you know graphic and all that stuff i mean tim just loved the stuff so it was fun to share the office and listen to them you know going through these all this art, artwork and and like campaign um posters and all that stuff together oh, it's, it's it's funny great. you got a guy that like is capable of this and capable of doing amazing hardware and the interior of the Batsky boat and all that, like the guy just can do, he can do anything. You know, wow. a lot of concept oh, artists yeah. are just really good at certain things and Jock could do, he could do it all. That's awesome. That's yeah. Uh, little penguin getting tossed into the river. Very sad. Yes. Very sad. <laughs> don't, don't, don't throw your kids into a, a wintry um, river. Or they'll come mm-hmm. back and try to kill all the firstborn kids with Gotham flippers. City. Yeah. Oh right, there was a that that bottom painting. Bottom I, one, yeah. Um, yep, I remember that one. So same thing, just sort of like, okay, you know, let's hone in more on the lair. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. These are just uh, really rough, like half day, you know, little sketches. Mm, that must be. But they're great glimpses for them. us, you know, in terms of, of seeing all the stuff that was developed, the evolution of it getting into what we ended up seeing on screen. Yeah. There's so much that goes into, I mean, just like on any Marvel movie I work on, it, whatever it is that makes it to the screen that I've done, sometimes there'll be 80 versions before we get there. You oh, know, wow. 100 versions. Right, just, right. <clears throat> Some more of the penguin lair here, penguin himself as well. Uh, some more of the uh, another look at the yeah. campaign headquarters. More Tom Lay paintings. Mm-hmm. Spotlight on penguin. More of the bat ski boat. Yeah. And um, these were interesting to me. I feel like 
the answer is, you know, Occam's razor, you go for the simplest explanation, but some of the concept art here have a blue and gray Batman, as well as, uh, there's your Gotham as well, uh, on the right, uh, as well as we have a purple suited Catwoman after this blue, uh, blue Batman, but I'm going to guess that's less of a concept for the actual costume and more of just like, hey, it's just, just put her in there, kind of just like how she looks like in a lot of the classic comics. This I can explain to you. Um, yeah, so these are Tom Lay paintings again. Mm-hmm. And um, Tom, I, he's completely unfamiliar with the characters. It's just the only what he would know from maybe, you know, the TV show. So he was just throwing the characters in there for scale. They have nothing to do with the costume design. Mm-hmm. And it was just his his naive knowledge of what, what the characters were that you know he just painted them in that way so that's why you saw the you know the the colorful batman and and um and why you see it this way too mm-hmm. nothing to do with the costume design nothing to that's just like tom throwing them in there for scale and not knowing really what what they actually would look like probably costume design wasn't even finalized when he was doing this yeah. as well right yeah no Right now, right. at some point they were even while we were still in the art department, but not not at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, all right. So, and Peanut has joined us for the finale of this, <laughs> and uh, we are we uh, have uh, basically gone over all the concept art that we have of Batman Returns uh, with Tim, but we are going to bring him back for talking about Batman Forever. But uh, before we do that episode, uh, any closing thoughts about uh, your time on Batman Returns? Yeah, this has been great, guys. I um, I, I I enjoyed this as much as I thought I would, and I'm looking forward to talking about Batman Forever and the Batmobile um, next week with you. There's some great stories there, um, and it was really fun to look at all this artwork and see stuff that I completely forgot about. And again, <laughs> listen to your commentary and and the stuff along with like being able to share some of um my experience from the day bringing that forward and and also um just reliving those days so i, I thank you for that i appreciate it Love fun. well thank you thank awesome you. work man thanks good talking with you yep and with that that is superhero stuff you should know Big thanks to Dan for gathering or regathering all the concept art for this and showing it to Tim so that was awesome uh and then over to the fan comments we have a few from Kendarius Dupree Art uh, pointing out one of the concept art from Titans. That one is literally a toy. It's from the Batman Unlink series. I still own it, LOL. Um, we're wondering if you meant the Batman Unlimited series. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. this looks like it's it matches the Capture Claw Batmobile, though there are a few differences. As you can see here, we don't have the uh, sort of the gold awning thing that connects the two uh, wings in the back, which I'm kind of glad they went away. Spoiler. Yeah, the spoiler. That's the photographer tumor on that. Yeah, the spoiler (laughs) in the back. That's what I know about cars. Dude, I don't know much myself, but... (laughs) Yeah, the spoiler. I remember people talking about spoilers in high school. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, whatever. I don't need to see that on a Batmobile. I don't need it, but you know what? I like this toy, though, other than the spoiler. Yeah. Like, it's the right kind of simple design i think this is i i would have bought this mm-hmm. oh that's great yeah so that's cool 
uh we got another comment on the uh the we call it the clown gang episode but it's the uh, the, the batman returns actors reenacting the deleted scenes episode uh cyber troop studios says i'm going to guess ben knows the scene in question even with the inserted screen grab later on in this video but to back up what greg cummins said at the 1938 mark the acrobat thug as well as the knife thrower dame snake woman and sword swallower all are seen albeit briefly coming out of apartments with Gotham's wealthy firstborn sons in their hands as the circus train pulls up in the scene right before the climax. The three of them are shown placing the babies into the train's cages just as the silhouette of Batman appears and proceeds to apprehend the organ grinder by grabbing him from above. The acrobat thug's appearance can be viewed at the 110 mark in this video uh, that Cybertroop link. Yes, thank you uh, for that. I also had Dan uh, find that, get us the screen grab, and Andrew edited that into the part of the episode. So mm. uh, thanks for that. Uh, great video once again such amazing insight here with all three actors Branscombe Richmond said it best in that the Red Triangle gang makes up a lot of the runtime in Batman Returns with their everlasting presence they may not have many lines but they're always doing something and their actions keep the story moving along I definitely think a lot of the non-acting listeners slash viewers will get a unique perspective with this one finding out what it is like for the non-stars slash day players on a huge movie like this also to this day I have to say the Red Triangle gang remains the most memorable gang in any Batman film or any superhero flick for that matter. Keep up the great work. We got to send this to the, to the guys. Yeah. Ben, this is a we'll send this one over. great yeah. comment. This is great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we'll do, but yeah, thank you. Cyber Troop studios for this one. We definitely, a lot of the purpose of that one was of course, to, to do exactly what you said to, to highlight the, the people who aren't the major stars. They're not on the marquee. They're not on the, the poster and stuff, but they, they be, they contribute so much in, you know, the 30 seconds to a minute that they show up on screen. And it's, uh, it was great to be able to, to show that appreciation for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, last one is from, uh, Gary Devlin. Uh, this is amazing. Love those two clowns, especially. I'm also not one for speeches, so I'll just say, NECA, you missed. These two <laughs> need special action figures ASAP. It's true, so, man. They, yeah. These these would sell for sure. Yeah. For sure. NECA or McFarlane or somebody get on it, man. Yeah. Yeah. We'd definitely love to to have, uh, you know, Branscombe, Henry, Greg have their own action figures for this stuff for what they contributed to this movie. So, yeah. awesome. All right, over to the shout-outs. Oh, man, we're already here. Can't believe mm -hmm. it. All right, so we want to thank everybody up on the board here and some people that have joined us recently at the $1 tier. Uh, might include Benjamin V, Chris F, Metageek, Chuck, ATWT, Chris R, and Chris M. And we have our other Chris supporters. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, our other supporters as well are up on the board here. Thank you for that, everybody. You can get on the board at the $1 tier that gets you that there shout out. And then the $5 tier gets you a whole new show. This show you're watching right now is every Monday for free on YouTube. But then we have a whole other show every Friday, every week at the Patreon uh, tier behind the paywall and uh, $5. Join it. You can even binge it and then mm. cancel, unsubscribe, whatever you want to do. There it is. Um, I'm sure we've had a lot of people do that already, <laughs> but <laughs> right. we, probably, we probably shouldn't say that too much, but we keep saying it anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it's $5. And then together, ten, we have our $10 tier. That's our monthly meetup. That's a monthly live show. Call in with us and talk with us once a month. We have a topic at hand and something to react to sometimes depends on the month, but that's uh, the $10 monthly meetup tier. And of course, just like, uh, 
how uh, other Patreons work. If you're at the $10 tier, for example, you get the one and $5 tier benefits as well. If you're at the $5 tier, ben if you have the $5 tier, you get the $1 tier benefit. So there that is. And uh, also we have merch at uh, superhousepod.redbubble.com, superheroesstuffpod.threadless.com, Ben Manzacula Indeed Wizard, mug, shirt, shower curtains, and all the rest artwork by Stefan Santa Cruz. And you can send us some audio to superhousepodcast at gmail.com or just drop us a line in general. I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. Thunderwolf lives on YouTube. Thunderwolfdrew.com has my whole portfolio except for amanorecon.com. That is A-M-A-N-O-R-E-C-O-N.com. This is an original idea. Right now, we're very close to finalizing our four-minute pitch video uh, that would be on the Indiegogo page. Indiegogo is like Kickstarter, but a little bit more geared towards uh, short films and uh, films in general. I think Mark Bernardin used Indiegogo. Maybe Kickstarter. I can't remember. Mm. Anyway, because he had to fund his own thing. Um, but yeah, so uh, this is an uh, R-rated um, Think X-Files and Stranger Things meets Power Rangers, basically. Lots of blood in it as well. Uh, and this poster here is by Zach Zachary Jackson Brown. And uh, yeah, it's coming soon. I know I've been talking about it forever. We're, we're, we we uh, crossed more of milestones recently, but more on that later. Ben? Shout out to Comic Capital on Instagram, as well as the Everything Entertainment Club on Clubhouse. You can follow us on social media on Twitter at Superhouse Pod, Instagram, Superhero Stuff Pod. Uh, what am I looking at? Oh, yes, TikTok, that's, Superhero that's, Stuff Pod. That's, that's, <laughs> we're not on that TikTok too much TikTok. lately. <laughs> uh, Vero, Superhero <laughs> Stuff Pod. Uh, my website is benwanwriter.com. Uh, you can also check out my scripts there, Gotham Vampire, where little Bruce Wayne faces off against the Mad Monk, the Golden Age villain, as well as Elementary, the death of Sherlock Holmes, a modern update on the adventure of the dying detective. And for a change of pace, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Disneyland, the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode they could never make, where Larry goes to Disneyland. You can also follow my YouTube channel. In this, link is in the description below. Uh, you can follow and find out Doctor Who, The Rodan of Time, an audio drama I write edit and narrate in which the eighth doctor meets Miyamoto Masashi in ancient Japan. You can also follow my Instagram at Ben Writer, as well as my son's Instagram, my cat Alfie at Alfie Pennyworth cat. Uh, and if you have an Alfie yourself, as well as peanut, who is very much featured earlier in this episode, <laughs> cameo you, you can get, yes, a little can is the MCU cameo. Uh, yes, then yes. you can uh, basically get the whisker box, the only cat box for the crazy cat lady and gent. And if you don't have a cat, but you have a dog instead, that's cool too, because you can get the bark box, y'all. Give Ooh. your dog exactly what they want with the bark box. First month off is free, valued at $35. And you can get that promo link from us at superherostuffpod.com slash shop. You can get all sorts of stuff, including the Batman 80th anniversary book by Andrew Farrago and Gina McIntyre that even, uh, you know, Tim Flannery seems to love as well. So you can get that from our shop. That can basically kick back some money over to us. That's an affiliate link as well as enhance your collection and give you uh, some ownership over copies of this concept art as well. And then lastly, Manscaped. It's we a real arrived. ad, everybody. This <laughs> promo code does work. And it is Johnson's Ballsack. It has been approved by Manscaped. You have to use it yourself if you have to believe it. But you can get 20% off plus free shipping by using the promo code manscaped i mean johnson's ball sack at manscaped.com 
<laughs> I mean, if you want to test the veracity of this code, mm-hmm. feel free to go to manscaped.com and put it <laughs> right there in, uh, at checkout. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's Johnson's ball sack, all one word, no apostrophe or anything like that. <laughs> Johnson's ball sack, 20% off and free shipping. Make your platinum package, your package a platinum package with, <laughs> with the platinum package 4.0. Uh, you know, shave down the bush into something presentable with the underoos, man. You know what I mean? Come mm-hmm. on. You want to make your dick seem bigger. <laughs> and uh, if you're going to be showing it off, you know, make sure it's uh, looking good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, the women out there, they're doing all kinds of uh, work trying to make, make things look good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you got to do your part, man. You have to do your part in, in the war. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do yeah you have to do your part contribute mm-hmm. to your balls <laughs> yes to your, to your sack i do so, wonder what our guests think when they get to this point of the episode They're like that. I, we, I don't remember this part it's like i skipped recording. i skipped the manscaped ad in the middle and i got this one again <laughs> thanks for the time codes there ben yes <laughs> oh man big thanks and, to dan Big thanks, Dan. Yes, thank you. And uh, let's think of the uh, Batman Returns when we could do. Uh, if you didn't see this episode, you missed. listening to the Geekscape Network.